Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so this is kind of fun. A couple of weeks ago, I, I talked about the you didn't know me when, and I, I was just realizing that many of us have come into this place, and we don't know that much about each other. In fact, we had the Meet the Pastors. The Meet the Pastors is for people that are new spring and kind of wanting to know what's going on. We had over 20 people at the Meet the Pastors Church. We've never had that before. That, God is doing something here. He is bringing people in. Um, wow, like praise the Lord. But the you didn't know me when, I, I kind of had some fun pictures, didn't I? Did you like those pictures that I had? Well, I got another picture today. Before you, don't put it up yet. But this, uh, she's a, this cute little girl. She's in her costume. She was there with her mom and with her, I think, with her sister. They're at the Dune Land Harvest Festival. I'm not going to tell you where it is because when I say the state, you're going to know who this is. But let's see this cute little girl at the Dune Land Harvest Festival. Isn't that adorable? That little girl, she actually goes to our church. Her mom joins us every week online. Hi, mom. Uh, Good to have you join us here on Facebook. It's at the Chesterton, Indiana, Duneland Harvest Festival. Any guesses? Who is this? Indiana? Who is it? I heard. Kelly Putman. Come on. Give it up for Kelly Putman. You didn't know her back then. You didn't know her back then. Keep on sending in those pictures. I want to keep on doing this. I want to get to know us a little bit better. So here we are, Luke chapter 19. Open up your Bibles. Open up your smartphones. I think this is a good one to actually have in front of you. We're actually going to put it on the screen as well because it's such a good story, such a familiar story that I want to get our eyes onto these words. So here we are, Luke chapter 19, and we're going to start in verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho, and he was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead. He climbed a sycamore fig tree to see Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up. He said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this. They began to mutter, He has gone to to be the guest of a sinner. I just love it. Did you see what just happened? Ezekiel stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I gave half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'm going to pay them back. How much? He says, four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. Say it with me, church. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Say it one more time. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Oh, man, this has got to be one of the most popular stories. Do you remember Bible, uh, what was that, Sunday school? Do you remember Sunday school? Do you remember Zacchaeus? remember the song that you used to sing? I'm not going to make you sing it. But Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Remember that song? Right? We Presbyterian Church, we sang that song. But Zacchaeus, it's a popular story. It's an awesome story. You know why it's awesome? 
Because Jesus is awesome. Again, like we talked about last week, Jesus is on this epic journey from Luke chapter 9 to all the way to Luke chapter 19. We're almost at the end of this journey from Galilee to Jerusalem. And he is making his way through Jericho, about 16 miles until Jerusalem. He's almost made it to the end of his journey. And here's Zacchaeus up in a tree trying to see Jesus. And the Bible describes what? It gives some very descriptive words. The Bible says two things. One, that he's wealthy. And two, what is his job? He is a, he's a tax collector. And by the way, this is just one more example, and this is why this story is so awesome, one more example of letting us know that Jesus is willing to save anybody and everybody. He came to save the world. Anybody and everybody who believes in him will be saved, even a wealthy tax collector up in the tree. He'll save you. He'll save you. Jesus is awesome. So you can see... He is up in the tree, and I should have made them build us a tree in the house. That would have been a great thing on a Monday morning. Jeremy, I got some work for you to do. But you can just see Zacchaeus. Something must have been stirring up within him. The effort to climb a tree. I don't know the last time you climbed a tree. It's been a while um, since I climbed a tree. Do you remember that? In our backyard when Trevin climbed that tree, and he just fell right down. First, you know, head first. And I just laughed. Remember that? I should have been so concerned. Run out there, see how he's doing. I just laughed. I'm such a bad parent. <laughs> so you see something stirring up in Zacchaeus. He's up in that tree. But he wants to see Jesus. But don't you love this? I think it's really important that we track with this. Sure, yeah, Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. But Jesus wants to see him. It's really important that we understand that. Again, that's why Jesus is so awesome. That's why the story is so awesome. The Bible says that when Jesus got to the tree, he paused, didn't he? He didn't keep on walking. He stopped. He, he does this a few times in the, in the Gospels, doesn't he? He stops, not just for the crowd, but for the one. Some of you need to hear that today, that you right now, he's here and stopping and pausing for you. And, and he says, come down immediately. Now, I want you to think about that in your own life. Don't you love it when you're going and looking for Jesus and you're trying to find Jesus and yet the whole time you realize that he's been looking for you? He's been looking for you. We just read an example of this in our Bible reading plan. Please sign up for the daily Bible reading plan. It is powerful. But we read in Acts chapter 10 about Cornelius. He was a God-fearing Roman centurion. So he's not a Jewish man, but he's seeking after God. But also we know that God was seeking after him. Remember the story? God sends him an angel. An angel to speak to him a vision. He sends Peter to preach the good news. And he preaches to Cornelius and to his household. And we know that the Holy Spirit fell on everyone who heard that message. Do you remember this story, church? The Holy Spirit fell. They were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all begin to speak in other languages. They are then baptized in water. And his household is saved. Yes, because he was seeking the Lord, but also because the Lord was seeking him. Again, he came to seek and save the lost. Reminds me of our men's group two Thursday nights ago. Again, come to men's group Thursday night. It is awesome. But Pastor Tony Evans, two weeks ago, he said this scripture from James chapter 4, verse 8. He said, come near to God. And what? He will come near to you. He will come near to you. Now, there's a few things that encourage me in this story. I'm just going to share two of them. The first one is this. Simply that Jesus sees Zacchaeus. 
And that's so special to me, church, because sometimes as a human being, again, you can feel lost in the crowd. You ever feel lost in the crowd? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Lost in the crowd, like nobody notices you, nobody cares about you in your school, in your family, in your workplace. You're just feeling lost in the crowd. And yet, I just want you to hear this. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what your life situation is today. But I want you to be confident today that if you're taking a step to find God, to pursue God, if you're climbing up the tree to see Jesus today, to get a glimpse of Jesus today, I want you to be confident today that he sees you. Write that down. Jesus sees me. He sees you today, church. He sees you. He knows you by name. He sees you, and he sees your face today. Some of you, some of you, you probably thought about not coming this morning, but you came. You came. Some of you, you thought about not tuning in online today. You thought about not jumping up on the Facebook or on our website, and yet you tuned in today. In fact, if you're watching online right now, would you just type into the chat, maybe use bold letters, you know, that's when we really mean it, and you go exclamation, 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 like with bold letters, just maybe write down in the chat, I chose to tune in today. I chose to tune in today. I want you to write that down because you need to know that God sees you today. He sees you today. God sees your heart today, Life Spring. Even in the mess of it all, even in the complexities, the challenges, the obstacles, all of that, He sees you're taking a step toward God. And not only does He see the steps that you are taking, He is taking steps toward you today. In fact, think of it this way. As much as you want to be close to him, he wants to, and he even now, right now, currently is closer to you than you could even imagine. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And then I want you to notice this, and this is so powerful. Up to this point, Zacchaeus, if we're honest, he probably hasn't been living the best life. He probably hasn't been living the most God-fearing, God-honoring life. Tax collectors, They weren't known as the most honest people. And we've been talking a lot about tax collectors, so I'm not going to go there again today. But just remember, like, sometimes they would take a little more than required. They would, you know, take a little extra for themselves. And it's obviously working, right? Because the Bible says he is wealthy. He's a wealthy tax collector. He has done well for himself making a living. But how is he making a living? He's a Jewish man working for the Roman government, the oppressor's of the Jewish people. And yet it's powerful to me, and it brings me so much hope today, that regardless of how he got to that moment, and this is a word, by the way, for some of you today, that regardless of how he got to that moment, what matters in this story is what he does in this moment. See, what he does in this moment up in that tree, the decision, the choice he makes right here, right now, in front of Jesus, has the power to find his life more than anything else he has ever done up unto this moment. And when Jesus tells him, come down immediately, the decision in that moment has the opportunity to radically change his life. You might just want to write this down. Regardless of how I got to this moment, what matters most is what I do in this moment. That's for somebody here today. By the way, in our 845 meeting, we were praying for you. We were praying for the one today. That's a word for you today. Regardless of how you got here, you're here. And he sees you. And what you do right now, right here, 
has the chance, has the opportunity to change your life forever. You know, like a father at the pool. I got three kids. I love swimming with my kids. But I got some that aren't as confident as others. And my little Addie, she's precious to me. But I just remember when she was a little one and she'd be kind of just standing at the edge of the pool, ready to jump. But her mind's thinking, you got any kids like that that were at the edge of the pool? And you were like, all right, jump. Their mind's thinking, you're like, all right, jump. And, and you can't push them and you're already in the water. Otherwise, you know, maybe you, but here you are. You're in the water and you're like, come on, jump, jump. But who gets to decide whether she jumps or not? She does. That's right. She does. And I think as humans, especially as adults, the temptation is to look back at my life, to look at all of our previous experiences that maybe were telling us not to jump, right? All the things that people have done to you, all the things that people have spoken over you, all those hurts, all the pain, the abandonment, the heartbreak, the disappointments, the letdowns, they're all screaming, don't jump, don't jump, don't jump. And yet your father... He's just hands up. Jump. Jump. And here in this story, Jesus, what is he doing? He's telling Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, jump. Come down immediately, Zacchaeus. I want to stay at your house. So what does the Zacchaeus do? He jumps. Can you say that with me? He jumps. He jumps. I, and he, I mean, come on, he didn't just jump. He took a cannonball into the deep end. Right? He, it's, the Bible says it's so good. And, and again, if you have it, just look at that. It says he came down at once. At once. And he said, Lord, look, here and now. Come on. In this moment, I give half of my possessions. Oh, as Christians, we're so bad at it. We just get stuck. We're like, one day. And then one day. And then maybe one day. And then in a year. Or maybe the, like one day. No, in this moment, church, wake up! Right now! Right here! In this moment. Look what he did. He jumped. I give it all. Half of my possessions to the poor. Whoever I cheated, however I've done wrong, four times the amount in return. And the Lord says, ah, this man, today salvation has come to your house. Because I came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus came just for people like Zacchaeus. He came to save Zacchaeus, but Zacchaeus needed to jump. He needed to jump, regardless of what led him to that point, regardless of decisions, choices, experiences, sin, addiction, sin, uh, no matter how messy he was. Some of you are like, but you don't understand. I don't care. No matter how much you were disliked, how much you were spoken against, in that moment, what matters was that he jumped into the deep end of following Jesus. And church, Jesus is still looking. I believe this. In the Pacific Northwest, he is still looking for people who are willing to jump. He is looking Not for you to have all the answers, but he's looking for a faith that is willing to jump. And yet, I've been doing this a while. 16 years now I've been a pastor. And I've just noticed I'm in the people business. People are willing or unwilling or actually quite afraid afraid to jump. Again, I hang out with people for a living and I, I get to hear all the excuses for why they can't jump. Again, maybe that's one of the reasons my life motto is do hard things, no excuses, no pity parties. Because I've seen people again and again live 
based on excuses. You don't know my upbringing, Pastor. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what people think. You don't know how messed up my finances are. You don't know how messed up my sexuality is. You don't know how messed up my family is. And yet Jesus just says, come down from that tree and follow me. He came to seek and to save the lost. He didn't, by the way, come to seek and save all the people that had it together. Now, growing up in church, it felt like a lot of the religious people around me, that was the message they were preaching. There was no room for my mess. There was no room for my imperfections. There was no room for the process or the journey. But that's a religious spirit that's still in the church today. You don't listen to those people. He seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save people that are a little bit messy. He didn't come for perfect people. He didn't come for people that were already found. He came for the lost. He says he's the shepherd. And who did he come for? He said there are sheep who need what? A shepherd. I came for the lost sheep because I am the good shepherd. He came for people just like you and me. And all we got to do is jump. Jump. Church, you know me. I'm messy. I'm, I'm, I'm messy. Just ask my wife. I'm messy. But you'd have to be blind to not be able to see the good work that God is doing in you. And I might have some flaws, but one of my things that you can just trust about me or trust about your pastor is I'm willing to jump. I'm willing to do the hard things of faith. And when the world is telling me to be silent, when the world is telling me, hey, you just stay up in that tree, you don't deserve to get down from that tree, you've got a pastor. When Jesus tells him to jump, he's going to jump. It's part of my story. It's part of my testimony. How about you? How about your life? I was thinking about the step of faith that we take towards Jesus. It's not just a one-time decision. You know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, right? You know, there was that moment when you decide to follow Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I've also found that following Jesus is not just like a one into the deep end, but it's like a daily jump. Anyone know what I'm talking about? It's a daily surrender. It's a daily walk, a daily yielding. It's a daily choice to follow Jesus, to say, you know what? You know, I'm not going to let shame. I'm not going to let guilt. I'm not letting condemnation. I'm not let any of that stuff keep me from living for the Lord because of what he has done, because of the price that he has paid for me. I am choosing today, this day, right now, Super Bowl Sunday, I'm choosing to live in freedom. And no matter what I've done, or by the way, no matter what others have done to me for the rest of my life, daily, I'm jumping. I'm daily following hard after Jesus. For some of you, that is a word. And I just would hope and my heart longs for you to receive that word today. Yes, I get it. Things have not gone how you wanted them to go up to this point, but in this moment, say yes to Jesus. Jump. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm getting saved today. So good. Praise the Lord. You know, when I read this passage, I just knew we needed a testimony. A testimony of the power of what Jesus can do in a person's life. Like what he did in Zacchaeus' life, what he's doing in my life. <laughs> to be honest, I had a whole second part of this message on uh, the next part of Luke 19. But Tuesday morning, the Lord brought someone to mind. And I just thought I was supposed to ask her to share Zacchaeus's, her own Zacchaeus story. And so 
I was pretty happy when the Lord brought this person to mind. I was even happier when she told me, church, that the day I asked her was also the same day the Lord told her that it was time for her to share her story. So this is good. God is moving. Let's open our hearts to what he wants to say through her. Would you please welcome to the stage Lori Koval. Come on, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm sorry, I still surrender that to you. Um, this is a little bit of addition to what I was going to say, because this morning, ever since we came in to pray, what you said at, at uh, worship and what you're saying now is that you have to understand the Holy Spirit is the one that's speaking to you right now. It's not me. It's not Pastor Dan. Um, and, and if you feel that tug in your heart, if you sense something's going on, it's it's probably him. It's not us. So... Um, there's two reasons why I felt I was supposed to say this story today. Is um, the first of all is it's for the person that's listening today. That could be you online or someone that's sitting here today. And the key is is not just how I came to Jesus, but what Jesus has done for me and through me. But there's also Christians that are sitting here or maybe online, and you still have shame and condemnation and fear because you have never said to anyone what's happened in your life and you haven't maybe even received the healing that God wants to give to you. And um, mine has been a long process, but here I am today to tell you that that um, my testimony is not going to be pretty and wrapped up in a little bow and with a lot of fluffy things, that there's some things that I've been afraid to share and I'm sharing with you because I know, if, like you said, if there's that one person today that hears that God can redeem what has been done to you or what people have, or what you've done to other people, that he's here. And he can turn your messy, broken, sinful life into something beautiful. So, here it goes. So, my story has just a little bit of background. You know, I grew up in a family of five. I'm number five. And um, we went to church every Sunday. And my mom made sure we all went. That wasn't a, a question. But on the surface, it was, quote, a normal family. But I was being sexually abused, and because of that, I turned to my friends to drugs and alcohol. And some of it gets a little harder to say. Um, I was raped when I was a young teenager, and from there, I turned to a very promiscuous way of life. And so badly, I wanted love, but I went to all the wrong things and the people for that love and acceptance. And when I was 21, even harder to say today, is I had an abortion. But whoever you are out there that needs to hear that today, God can redeem you. He can redeem us. And um, I can't tell you how afterwards that really broke my heart. And then one night, when I was coming home from a bar, (laughs) I turned TV on and thank God for the televangelist out there, you know. He was speaking about Jesus I didn't really get the message, but I did hear him say something about peace. And I said, Lord, please give me that peace he's talking about. I don't know what, what that is, but please give me that peace. 
And I don't remember how soon after that prayer, but a friend I had gone to high school with called and told me a story how she had gotten married, and they were driving to Ocean Shores for their honeymoon, and um, they got in a car accident. And she called me, and she said that when she was on the operating table, that um, God spoke to her, and he revealed himself to her, and she was telling me all about this. And I remember saying, hmm, that's kind of weird. And I remember hanging up the phone, and I told my mom, something strange is going on. And only later did I realize that the Lord was stirring up my heart, a desire for him. And that's what maybe he's even doing today for you, whoever's listening, whoever's just sitting here. That that thing that's stirring in your heart is Jesus, and he's calling you, just like he called Zacchaeus. And and he's telling you to come to me. So um, later, uh, you know, we weren't done there with that conversation, my friend and I, so she... Um, met me at a bar <laughs> and told me about more about Jesus. And I, I felt put in presence, you kids, just to tell you that you can share Jesus anywhere. Just remember that. He ate with tax collectors and sinners, just like Zacchaeus, just like me. And she was honest and open and was not afraid to meet me in a bar to tell me about him. And I started going to church with her, and that church uh, turned out to later be the future Northwest Church here in Sutterway. And um, then we went to, and I'm there's a few of you folks that are old enough to know, but um, years ago there was a guy named Dallas Holmes, and um, he was very low-key, and I came from a hard rock, you know, and we sat in this concert with him, but that was the day, the night that Jesus called me to him. And so when they uh, talked to us, they said, go back home and tell people what you did. So I went home and I told my mom, and I started reading my Bible, and I read a verse from Luke 8:39 that says, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. And, of course, I went and literally told everyone that I partied with what had happened and the rest is history. And then I paused here because I thought, wait a minute, that wasn't the end. I forgot I still smoke cigarettes. And that's for you out here, too. I, I feel like it could be, doesn't matter if it's a tobacco chewing or if it's smoking or or um, I think my father-in-law who had a pipe. But we went to a Bible study, and I still smoked. So after I got out to my car, actually it was in my dad's van, and he had, they talked at the Bible study about deliverance. And so I looked in my uh, pack of cigarettes, and there was one cigarette left. And so I lit it, and I smoked it, and I said, Jesus, if you can help me, this is it. This is my last cigarette. And, um, you know, the amazing thing is actually two days, and oh, I said also, I can't make it more than two days. You know me. I, I'm not good at this. I can't stick with anything. So would you please help me? So two days later, after, you know, after I went without cigarettes, it was like after that, there was no more desire for another cigarette. And so you just need to know that, too, that he can set you free from the addictions of whatever it is that you have today, and it's not too late. And so you need to remember that, too. So he reminded me to share that with you. Anyway, the interesting thing is, after I went back and told all my friends and my family and everybody I could think of about what had happened to me, I noticed that little by little I kept silent about God, what he had done for me. And so since I started on a Bible reading plan, I renewed a desire to share Christ with people, but I felt like every day I'd pray and I never ran into anybody to say it. And, um, and then I realized that the problem was my past. It was a, a terrible, it was Sorry, I felt shame, and I didn't know that I could be honest with people. And I was afraid they would, wouldn't accept me. Even as I stand here today, I'm like, oh, Lord, okay? But 
over a month ago, Pastor Dan asked me to tell my story, and I struggled. I remember kind of going a little further in the back. I, I just didn't quite like that feeling. I struggled with the timing, and I struggled with what I was going to share. And then, like Dan, Pastor Dan said, um, after reading the Bible, I, I knew that God said it's time. And that despite my fears, despite my worries about what you all think, I know that this is meant for, again, if it's the one or many of you, you need to hear him. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and telling you that he longs for you to come to him just as you are. You do not have to get all pretty and fixed up to come to him. Um, So also the scripture, I think I read that day, I'm not sure, but I wrote it down, was it says, So let it be clearly known by you, brothers, this is, I'm sorry, Acts 13, 38 through 39, that through him the forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you, and through him everyone who believes, who acknowledges Jesus as Lord and Savior and follows him is justified and declared free of guilt from all things, from which you could not be justified and freed of guilt through the law of Moses. So when he said all things, it's all things. And you hear that. Um, you can't be made righteous by following rules. I'm a good person. Say, I believe in God and think that's it. You have to confess Jesus Christ as your Savior and repent. That means turn like Zacchaeus did from his former way of life and let God make the changes in you that he desires. And this clearly does not mean fix yourself up, present yourself to God. No, it means come to him for forgiveness, confess him as Lord and Savior, and turn away from your life in sin and turn to him. And for those of you who are Christians today, and you want to be free of that guilt, that condemnation, and the shame, today is also your day. Today he wants to free you. He wants to free you from those chains of your past, and also for you to be free from what you have done to others, too. You need only to come to him. And then I was thinking about a song, and I wanted to share it. And Anyway, long story short, God had a better plan. He really did. And I know that the worship team is going to sing this song, but I just wanted to read these uh, little words, or a few phrases, or things, a little part of the chorus. It says, You have won my heart. Now I can trade these ashes in for beauty and wear forgiveness like a crown. Coming to kiss the feet of mercy, I lay every burden down at the foot of the cross. And I was going to say, I just need you to know whether it's coming up to the front and kneeling before God, not us, or at your place or there, there's people that are praying today, that you can take that to the cross. But today's the day. Don't miss today. Don't wait. Because we don't know what will happen tomorrow or the day after that. And then he told me, too, that literally there's some of you are, that are in the grave like a Lazarus, that you think you can't get out, that you think that there's just no way. Your, your life's just too tough, too wrong, too, too messed up. But today... Hear him and see him pulling you out of that grave for a new life. Thanks. Thank you, Lori. Just a second. (laughs) Um, As we sing this song, in many ways, by you sharing your story, I believe that you have, I don't know how this all works, but I feel like by you stepping out in faith and sharing that story and even some of the harder parts, one, you're just giving victory to the Lord again. 
your, your, the testimony, right, that you overcome by the word of our testimony, the blood of the Lamb. And, and just that word is, again, victory. But also, I just believe it's making room for victory in other people's lives. And that's one of the reasons we share these stories, is one, to say what God has done in my life. But I just noticed that it will make room often as, as I share my journey and, and the things that I'm walking through, even today, still walking through. It makes room for others' permission to walk in their journey. And the reality is, and I was saying it in two, two ways, and you hit this, but that there probably is someone right now, you've never given your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior. And he does say, come and follow me. He does say, get down off that tree, repent of your sins, turn to him, receive him as Lord and Savior, and allow him to give you that new birth, that born-again experience of eternal life with him. But then also... I believe this, and you said it so well, that there are those of us that are Christian, and we do this weird thing to us as Christians. For the stuff before we were Christian, like we can have all kinds of mess, but then when we became a Christian, now all of a sudden we really lay down the heaviness of guilt and condemnation. That's when we really start allowing the enemy to speak his lies over us. That's when we begin to believe lies about us. Because we're like, well, look at what I've done, right? Like, I, I said yes to Jesus, and yet I'm still a mess. Or I said yes to Jesus, I'm still struggling with that thing. Or I said yes to Jesus, and yet I'm still trapped in this thing. And that's when it gets really heavy. That's when we stop engaging in community. That's when we stop coming to church. That's when we stop reading the Bible. Because we just feel so bad. Oh, God, what, what God must think of me. The shame he must think when he thinks about me. And yet, I just want to encourage you that there's freedom in the house today. He set you free. He set you free. He's forgiven you of your sins. You're free. Any change you're putting on yourself, any baggage you're carrying, that's not from the Lord. That's not something the Lord spoke over your life. Jesus' price on that cross was big enough for all your sins. All of them. All of them. And so receive that again today. Receive that again. You're a child of God. Born again. Free in Christ. Free in Christ. Free in Christ. But I just say this. Sometimes we have to take that step of faith again to declare to ourselves and to the world around us that I am free in Christ. And so as we sing that, this song, that step of faith might be coming down to the altar and just kneeling before the Lord and saying, I am free in Christ. I will no longer live by the words that the enemy has spoken over my life. I will not be defined by shame or condemnation any longer. I receive what Jesus has done for me, and I choose to live in victory. Maybe that's a step of faith to the altar. Maybe that's a step of faith asking the prayer team to pray for you. I don't know what it looks like for you, but the Lord has plans for your life. And it's no longer the time for you to beat yourself up, for you to self-inflict wounds upon yourself. It is time to allow the healing oil of His Spirit to wash over you, to wash over your brokenness, to wash over the bruising, to wash over that place of shame and defeat. Allow His Spirit to wash over you again, to fill you up, to heal you, to show you you are free in Christ, whom the Son has set free is free indeed, that you could walk out of this place boldly and unashamedly into the destiny, the calling that he has for your life. So thank you again. Look, can we thank her one more time and praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm.